Well, I'm going to apologize off the hop. We had a little bit of a scheduling snafu. However, me and Kevin are going to talk about the Barracuda tonight. And uh, yeah, so that's going to start right now. But as always, if you want to be part of the show, uh, you know, hit us up in the YouTube chat, help us on all the social media channels, like, subscribe, hit the bell, you know, all the good stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, here we go. Uh, tonight it is myself, it is Kevin Lacey, we're going to talk some uh, Barracuda. If you have any questions about the Barracuda in the chat, we'll do best to answer it. Um, we did have a scheduling snafu with Nick, um, we will get him on at some point. Um, it's kind of on me anyway, so I do apologize if you were hoping to hear uh, Nick Nolenberger's thoughts. We will definitely get them, uh, which we're just going to have to reschedule for a different time. But uh, in the meantime, Kevin hey, Lacey. Hey, you got us. You got us. Right? I know, you know, if it really makes you feel better, it's like 80 degrees in my house. I'll go throw the turtleneck on. <laughs> I mean, I had a I had a few people this weekend at the the opening games at the Barracuda saying, you know, it's hockey season when we see you wearing your white turtleneck, Kevin. And I really appreciated that. So if 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 that's what it's going to take to make everyone happy out there in YouTube land and on the pod, uh, you know, the the on demand services and everything, I'll go throw the turtleneck on. But I prefer to just have the nice, mellow, calm Barracuda chat with you tonight, Ian. How's everything going? Not bad, not bad. I mean, it's been uh, it's been an interesting start to the season. I think on both uh, both in the NHL and on the AHL team. I think when you look at the the NHL team, this is probably the most wounded the Sharks have ever um, come into the season in a long time. I don't remember a time where the Sharks were this banged up at the start of uh, the season. Yeah, yeah. Both teams, both mm -hmm. teams, the Sharks and the Barracuda, because they the Barracuda lost Tristan Robbins during, I think, the last 20 seconds of the last preseason game. Artem Guryev and Gannon LaRock both told me they're hurt right now, and that's mm -hmm. why they didn't play in either game this weekend. Um, and I, I believe I'm actually missing another player. So having Ozzy Weisblatt go down to suspension on top of that. Yeah, both teams uh, really, really reeling from the non-roster issues, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the tricky thing, and something that it's I don't know what to make of this year's team. And I was kind of hoping Nick would tell us what to make of it because I don't know what to make. Like this team, it's it's crazy how much the team has changed from last year to this year as far as personnel. Like obviously that's that's the norm on an AHL squad. Obviously new faces are going to come in to replace, you know, guys that obviously are going to get called up. Like you have Eklund and Bordalo who made the team um out of camp and look like they are probably going to stay there for at least a little while. Um I think Eklund it will take a lot for him to get sent back down. Bordalo I'm not sure is going to stay there forever like I think if a guy has to come down I think Bortolo is probably the guy that's going to go down between out of the two of them first yeah um I but, think so I, I think what's nice about it since you mentioned those players is while the injuries suck the non-roster issues suck right now Mm -hmm. What it is allowing for is some players to get some early opportunities to make a name for themselves. Like you said, Eklund, like Bordalo, but even at the AHL level, guys like Ethan Frisch, mm -hmm. Anthony Vincent getting the lineup, Roman Canal, the Barracuda, we, we, we say it every single off season. How many players is Joe will going to try to fit in on this roster? I yeah. mean, they, we get into 30 to 35 players, you know, and yet halfway through the season, suddenly we're, we're struggling. I mean, the shark, I mean, the Barracuda trust a tryout player, Matt Sridell in game two of the season already with a, a huge roster. So um, guys are getting opportunities early and, and we'll see if they can capitalize on it. Yeah, I mean, I thought the, like, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Vincent because I thought that line with him, um, Adam Raska, and who else was it, Kaspik? On Saturday's Sat game, I believe so. Yeah, Cause, like cause that it line Saber, was It was so Saber impressive. and Kaspik and Weisblatt on Friday. 
Like, I really like that. Like, I thought, like, Adam Raska, a guy who wasn't in the lineup game, you know, for, for the first game, and I think has definitely guys breathing down his throat now. Like, Adam Raska's been around for a while. But I really liked his game because I thought that, I thought that one, that fourth line, whenever they were on the ice, like, they were pushing play, which is what you want to see from the fourth line. Um, but Adam Raska kind of impressed me because, like, again, it's one game, so I don't want to, like, you know, get too carried away here, but... Uh, you know, a guy who, much like Ozzy Weisblatt, who we'll discuss for sure, uh, a guy who, you know, his most effectiveness is going to be when he has to play on that line without going over. And I was really impressed because Adam Rask, I thought, last season got himself into a lot of dumb penalty trouble. And I thought just a completely different player, at least in one game. Yeah, uh, Adam Raska, I think, has had a, a problem. Obviously, the goals have not come for him the way they did in juniors and in, right. in his uh, world junior career as well. But Adam Raska, I feel, do feel like was trying a bit too hard to stand out last season, going out, taking, making unnecessary hits, uh, being a little too overly physical. Let's not forget, Adam Raska is a guy who's only 5'10", 5'11", something like that. So while he can, he can go and bang and crash and all that stuff uh, at this level, you don't want him to just wear himself down where if he does get an NHL opportunity on a more permanent level down the road, he hasn't, he hasn't killed himself in, in the developmental stages of his career. But I do think that, like you said, uh, this weekend, Adam Raska was, was – it's hard for me to explain, but like doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. He, he was trying to do all the little things, but he was letting it come more naturally to him rather than just going out and, and make an impact and, and, and you know be noticeable. This way. He was just going about playing a steady game. And you're right. That fourth line with Caspic and Vincent and Raska was uh, very settling for the rest of the team. They went out and did their jobs and it allowed the other lines to kind of go, "Okay, you guys did the dirty work. Now we're going to go score goals. Yeah. And I mean, Caspic even, I think, scored a goal that game. I mean, it was a lot of goals that game. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like it was good. Yeah, you and you talked about what do we make of this team? And mm-hmm. obviously, two games into the season, you're going to have a lot of turnover year over year, or in or in the case this year, the entire veteran core from last year is gone. You know, we were saying you got to bring back Pouliot, you got to bring back Chris Quello, you got to bring mm-hmm. back Agatino. All those players are gone, and even younger players from last the start of last season, like Jasper Weatherby, gone. Mm-hmm. So now you've got Nathan Todd and Cole Castles, Tanner Caspic. Justin Bailey was the guy I really wanted to talk to Nick about. So next yeah. time Nick's on the show, I, I'm going to put Nick on the hot seat a little bit. So there's a little teaser for you out there. <laughs> uh, be sure to subscribe uh, going forward here because the next time we do one of these with Nick, I'm going to put Nick on the hot seat about Justin Bailey. But this new leadership core, you know, I do think one theme through only two games, has persisted. For those of you longtime listeners, longtime viewers know, I said last season was a very Jekyll and Hyde season for the Barracuda. Yeah. It felt like the you know they had a lot of back-to-back uh, games against you know the same team, just like they did this weekend, back-to-back against Rockford. That first game, they seemed very unprepared, overwhelmed, just not having that dog in them in the first game. And then the second game was always a much better effort performance. They made adjustments and the adjustments are fine, but here we are again through two games, the Barracuda lose seven to two and then they flip it around and win seven to two. You can't get more hot cold than that. Yeah, no, that's true. Something, something to me, and I don't know, like, I, I'm curious your thoughts on this, because I, I know we kind of talked about this off air, but, and some people are going to be like, Ian, Adam Raska killed a guy, like, you want to talk about discipline? Other, I think that hit really skews things, though, because that's, I think that's the one thing I you noticed about the Ozzie most. Weisblatt or Adam Raska? No, Wise, Weisblatt killed a guy. Okay, Ozzy Weisblatt. Yes. Okay. But, I mean, aside from that penalty, like, the major penalty, now, I know, I know that Sabrin, I think, got a 10-minute, you know, thing for for beaking the rest, but, but that yeah. doesn't hurt the team. Like, yes, he has to sit in the box for 10 minutes, but that doesn't put them shorthanded. I thought 
the one thing that I noticed so far with this team is I think they're a little they they were a little more disciplined other than the Adam Raska hit, which obviously not only was it an awful hit, not only was it like there's just the the puck wasn't there. It was like completely unnecessary. And God, did they get burned on that penalty kill. But aside from that, like I didn't see so far again, two games in, I didn't see a lot of the dumb penalties that plagued this team last year. Yeah, Ian, I, and I know that was that was a real that's stuck in your craw. I mean, it's stuck in my craw too. But I know that really hit hard on on you last season. Just it was very frustrating at times. Well, to like watch the Jeff the VL, like it's like oh they scored and it's tied, and now now Jeff VL took a dumb penalty right after that... they score, and then like everything goes off the rails, right? Like I just felt like that was a thing that happened way too many times last year but that's the yeah. one game that always stood out to me was the yeah. you know no, it's like... but, it, but it's true like it was the it was the biggest example of the lack of discipline last year when you take a penalty wall scoring a goal what are you guys <laughs> doing you know so no you're you're absolutely right i, I do think they they Rockford was a very physical game, physical team this weekend. So the Barracuda <laughs> managed to hold pace with that. But you're right. They did not go overboard in that first game. It was it was kind of tit for tat. And then Weisblatt, Weisblatt, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Josh Healy because he, as a defenseman for the Ice Hogs, uh, was really agitating that Saber and Caspic and Weisblatt line there the mm -hmm. first night. And I feel like something happened there where Weisblatt Something got under Weisblatt's skin. Um, I mean, that's not the player he injured. It was Kale Howarth of, yeah. of Rockford there. But, um, yeah, I feel like that kind of got Weisblatt a little bit too amped up. And I feel like last season we saw a bit of that where uh, Jason Demers, um, uh, on, our, our, on our good buddy uh, Keegan McNally, Shout out to Keegan from yesteryear and Keegan's podcast was saying uh, Jason Demers talked about how much of a thorn in the side Ozzy Weisblatt was last season and uh, to the point where, you know, Demers would start chirping him and kind of get Weisblatt off his game into and and knowing he could goad him into a stupid penalty. Right. And so when you see that in game one, it's like, oh, Ozzy, you you. You got to learn you got to learn your lesson from this. So hopefully, you know, he can he can calm it down because he's a good hockey player. Ian, I, I like, love Ozzy Weisblatt. Like, it's funny because like the intermission before that hit happened, like I had this paragraph on on Twitter singing the phrases of Ozzy Weisblatt, which is the kiss of death. Like if I say nice things about a player and any time on Twitter, it seems like I just my powers are never for good. Like they're always end up for for evil. But like, and I was saying, like, the one thing that I was saying on Twitter, and I got some pushback from some people, like, I understand that Izzy Weisblatt is a first round pick, but he's like the last pick of that round, second last pick of that round. Like, he's a glorified second. Like, I don't want to be a jerk, but that's, that's the reality of it, right? Like, I, like, and I think that sometimes, like, there's a lot of pressure on first round picks to just be, you know, to be great when in a situation like his, like, yeah, he's a first round pick, but he's at the very end of the round and the round is huge now because there's 32 teams in this league. Um, but the thing with, with Wiseblad is I think that he is a guy that if you can get, like if you, if he can find the line of, you know, between just like being a, a super agitator, you know, hard hitter, uh, grinder guy, but if he can find that line and put, 15 goals on on the board a season like you need like every team needs that guy absolutely every, every team needs that guy like i know it's like you, you you're like oh 15 goals for a first round pick like for a season like that that really sucks but i just think like i don't know man like i think people just need to get over the the draft position and look at the player and be like okay if you can get this out of that player one of Ian, one of my favorite examples to the point you're making is Manny Malhotra. Now you get the Matt Johnsons of the world sure. and stuff where the first round pick and you go, what is what? You know, but the, I I feel like so much is is uh, um, been built up with draft and development now that like 
you know, teams are pretty smart, uh, and it's more of a situational thing when a player falters rather than a, a talent skill situation. But, but that was a horrible sentence. But I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, but Manny Malhotra was, I believe, a sixth or seventh overall pick, not lighting the world on fire. So, you know, in in today's world, who went sixth overall in this year's draft? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I Philip Zadina went. I, 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 yeah, I, Philip Zadina <laughs> went. And I did the I know Zach too. Benson was Zach Benson was sixth on my list, sure. for example. So like Zach Benson, hugely offensive upside. You know Manny Malhotra, not so much. But one Manny Malhotra is like one of the best faceoff damn, guys of his generation. One of the best faceoff guys. One of the best defensive forwards. Mm-hmm. A damn fine hockey player. Remember, the Sharks signed him to a three-year contract, and in boy, oh boy, how good was he those years? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was exceptional. So, like, I hope Ozzy Weisbet has that kind of trajectory. I, don't, I Would I expect Weisbet to be a 10-goal scorer in the NHL? Maybe. I'd settle for seven, to be honest, but as long as he's got all the rest of the qualities, which I think he does... Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to worry about Ozzy Weisblatt. I, I, I know, I know that you're you're on the same side here. But. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like I, I think that I I see I see a future for him on the NHL club. I just you know again I think if you just get past the oh but he was a first round pick. I think like if you look at the type of player he is and like you really watch him play. No, again, like look at he has to find the line right because. <sighs> You know, the the guy that I always liken him to is is a, like a Rafi Torres. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, Rafi Torres. What was he, like a seventh overall pick or something? He didn't score a ton of goals no. either. <laughs> and But, I mean, the guys on his team loved him and no one liked to play against him, right? And that's, to me, like, obviously, Rafi Torres did take liberties on guys. And I don't want to see Weisblatt go down that road. Sure. But if, if he can find that line, like again like you there's room for that guy on an nhl yeah. team yeah but hopefully it's Wiseblad. and here's kind of the difference between Wiseblad and raska in the two games is mm-hmm. hopefully Wiseblad got kind of caught up in the moment he goes oh man i'm out here with tanner caspic and scott sabarin we're going to wreck some fools tonight <laughs> you know and then he goes out and wrecks kale howarth and it's like, oh, no, but versus Adam Raska the next night where it's controlled chaos. He goes out, be physical, but but keeps everything in line and, uh, you know, puck puck possession all the way for that fourth line in that second game. So, yeah, I'm hoping he just kind of got caught up with the opening night, who he was playing with on that line, and uh, he'll he'll it'll settle down a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping so because I think like again, he's fifth a player overall Rafi Torres. Yeah, fifth Sorry. overall Rafi Torres. There you go. Um, like he's just he's a player that I love. Um, just for all the reasons that I've 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 labeled up. But obviously, again, but uh, you know, but that is a guy who has to find the line, and so far he's had a very difficult job finding it, and that does give me concern, right? Because that is a guy who. You know, it's like he's one of those guys where I think he's he. You need him on a team, but he can also hurt you, right? Like if he's a guy that you're depending on, and he goes out and kills a guy in you know game one of a playoff series and gets suspended for the rest of the series, then what good is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. he he's a guy that I really love. I hope he I hope he can find the line. But I think like like I said though, aside from the, that hit, I didn't think the Barracuda were super undisciplined so and, and again it's two games so i don't want to like completely be like everything solved they're a disciplined team now but i'm happy so far with the level of discipline that they've shown you hope that the barracuda will have a little bit more resolve and and, and not give up as as easily not fold as easily folds probably a better word than give up uh as they did last season because the Barracuda were very much in that game until the Weisblatt hit on Howarth. So yeah, and then everything went once like, their, their penalty kill has not been good this year. Yeah, yeah, and 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 remember how atrocious the penalty kill was last year too. Yeah. So um, they cannot. In fact, I even um, 
I'm not going to name names on this one, but I did speak with a, a higher up in the organization over the weekend, and he was like, we can't be taking penalties. We can't kill a damn penalty to right. save our lives. He didn't use those words, but that's essentially the intent that he was was saying. And it's like, yeah, man, like internally, they even know, like, got to got to play a discipline game, because right now at this level of development, guys need to improve their defensive skills and, and, and figure out their roles and everything like that. Stay out of the box. It makes things way easier. And, and they they pretty much did that uh after the wise blatt hit there but too little too late it really it really uh gave rockford what the that that advantage that they needed to just seize control and 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 go with it joey anderson with three assists i don't even think joey anderson got a star that he got robbed there but yeah uh but yeah um i, uh, I want to talk about uh, another player here a player we really like um who trended upward all the way last season. I was raving by the end of the season. Daniil Gushchin. Um, mm. I thought he was a little bit invisible those two games. And now, as of tonight, he is losing the scoring race to former Barracuda goalie Strauss Mann, who scored uh, <laughs> scored a shorthanded goal, no less. Granted, Rochester threw the puck down into their own net after... Uh, uh, taking a shot on Strauss Mann. But Strauss Mann has one goal and Daniil Gushchin has zero. Let that record stand. So should we be worried about Daniil Gushchin through two games? Um, I thought he was better in the second game. But I mean, the whole team was better. The thing with Gushchin is, is he is a guy who... I think he's a guy who needs to be surrounded. He like he I like the player. I think he's good, but I think he needs like he is he needs supporting cast. Sure. I don't think he's a guy like I think Daniel Dushin is is at his least effective when he tries to do everything himself. And I don't think that's what he was trying to do in either of these two games. But I just I don't I don't think like you can see the the kind of the void of the players that are up front. Like I think a guy like Tristan Robbins would do a guy like Gushkin a world of good. One hundred percent. Yeah, that is true. That's a huge injury right now. So um, that that you know that slides some wings over back to center. Like I think Ryan Carpenter is is a center on this team, but I think Nathan Todd should be a winger, and I think he. He was taking some draws, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken, but um, and with Jacob Peterson being called up, that's another center who uh, that hurts. Yeah, yeah. I, again, like there's there's the the forward group like is just with with Tristan Robbins out, Eklund and Bortolo on the big club, uh, Jacob Peterson getting called up right away like that. Um, yeah, I think this forward group isn't very exciting this year. Um, yeah, like hey. Uh, I'm a lot more excited than I was six weeks ago before Justin Bailey and Cole Castles and Tanner Caspic sure. Oscar Lindblom were added. So yeah, I mean Lindblom's. I think Lindblom's been fine. Like I think he's a guy who should do well at the AHL level. I think he's a. I Lindblom is a weird case to me, right? Like he's a guy who sure. I think has all the tools. I just I don't know if it's between the ears or like what's going on with him. Um, I mean, he's a guy, I, my stats may be wrong here, but off the top of my head, I think he had 10 goals in 23 games in the NHL before his cancer diagnosis. Yeah. So he's got, he's got the talent. Obviously that was a huge thing to recover from and who's to say he is ever fully recovered. But, um, I liked Lindblom's game, Ian. Yeah. Like, I, I thought he was very noticeable as he should be yeah he should be right like this is a guy that that if he's going to be on your ahl club like he has to be a go-to guy yeah he can't just he can't just settle in and then just be be one of the guys because then he's never going to get called back up he's never going to get that opportunity but you also i mean you have two ways of looking at it i feel like with this type of demotion because he's been in the nhl for several years now at this Mm -hmm. point so you can you can take it as a oh, 
I'm not an AHLer. What am I doing here? Or I'm going to go out and do everything I can to get called back up. And I feel like Lindblom's the latter on that. I feel feel like he's got a good head on his shoulders. And so I hope he continues to play well. He did score in the second game. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, again, he's, he's an, he's an easy guy to root for. Um, I want to see him do well. I think, you know, again, I I think I don't, you could come down to the HL and you could sulk, like you said, and I don't think he's done that so far. I wonder, you know, you always wonder how it's going to affect him like long-term if he's down there. And I don't think there's going to be an opening for Lindblom to get up to the NHL club anytime soon. Um, based on like the guys they've called up, like I'm sure when Jacob Peterson got called up, like Lindblom's probably like, Oh man, I'm so screwed. Yeah. Uh, And it would be really easy to, to, you know, to, to sulk. And so far, I mean, I've, I've liked his play. I think again, he's, He's if he's going to be on the HL club, he he has to be. the The talent is there. I think it's just putting it all together at the NHL level. I you know I wonder if this is a situation where his contract runs out and he has to you know go to Europe and kind of refine his game there. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, I hope not though, because sometimes that's a one way street. It, like sure, Lindblom may 100%. end up over there, and then suddenly. Swiss team or a Swedish team's throwing a lot of money in a four-year contract, and we yeah. never see Oscar Lindblom again. So yeah, um, I mean, I I want good things for the guy, a guy who I've kind of soured on a little bit, and I don't know. I'm I'm curious to get your take on is Brandon Co. I knew you were gonna say it. It's, I I knew it. I knew it. I've kind of sour. He's he is he is AHL Luke Cunning. AHL Luke Cunning. All right. All right. Well, hey, Brandon Coe has the, uh, as far as I, I never actually went back to look at this. I know I tweeted it, has the distinction of having the opening goal in each of the uh, two openers at TechCU Arena. Okay. He scored, I believe he scored the first goal against Henderson last year, and he scored the first goal against Rockford on Friday night. That's true. Yeah. And so. Yeah, um, just, so he's got that like going He's for a him. guy who like he gets a lot of opportunities, but just doesn't do enough with them. Yeah, I feel like Brandon Coe. My thing is his strength. Like for a guy mm-hmm. who's six four, six five, uh, he should not be getting shoved off the puck yeah. as easily as he is. And I feel like that's a huge part of it. Um, so I, I think his lanes are questionable like sometimes i feel like he doesn't open himself up to i mean he did obviously on his goal he was wide open in front of the net on that on that goal friday but he doesn't really open himself up too much like he's he's got to pick a different path to to the net whether it's with or without the puck and i think that's a big part of it because he doesn't he doesn't back check enough for me to think that he can be put into a defensive role Mm -hmm. and yet he keeps finding ways to find himself on the third and fourth line he that's what happened his rookie year last year and so far obviously two games but yeah he did get that goal but i didn't i didn't i didn't think much of him either ian and even there were a couple times where he had the puck down low and i'm thinking to myself there's Brandon Coe again. Really wish I'd notice him a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, there is a lot to be desired, I feel like, in his game. And it is it is frustrating because I do when he was drafted in the fifth round there a few years ago, I thought he was a guy who could really uh, make a name for himself as a, a boomer bust. But so far, I'm waiting for him to boom. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I like and. It, you know, and, and right, and and like I want to, I want to emphasize two games, right? Like I know AHL Luke Cunning might be a little harsh, but but but, but Brandon Coe's this is now his third year in the AHL, right? So yeah, um, what have you thought of the the goaltending so far? Obviously, goaltending's completely new this year, as we kind of alluded to earlier. Um, I mean, not completely new. Obviously, Mackiniemi is not healthy yet. He will be back at some point. That's that's the one I forgot. Mackiniemi's hurt still too. Yeah. Nice guy, by the way. Um, I, I got to got to chat with Makaniemi, Krona, and Romanov. Um, Krona was, he was, you know, he was, you know, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. Romanov was like, I loved his charisma. Mm-hmm. During the game, he won the game. He goes all the way across the ice to celebrate. Like, he was so jazzed to win that game on Saturday. And, I, and then... 
talking with him after uh, different definite language barrier with Romano for sure. But um, you can tell like he's got a personality. So once the English comes around, as long as as long as the on ice performance is there, uh, he's going to be a fun, fun goalie to watch. But the goaltending on the whole, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not the biggest Magnus Krona guy. And I thought he was actually fine on Friday. Um, I didn't think the seven goals against was an accurate reflection of his game. But I no. also did not feel like Magnus Krona did showed any signs of being able to keep the team in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll, we'll see there. Obviously, that's only his first professional game. But I temper expectations on Krona. Romanov is a project. This is the first time I've seen him besides the development camp. Um, but I thought his positioning was pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, so there were a few times where his reflexes were a little bit behind. But because his positioning and his size are attributes, uh, that allowed him to make make some of the saves. So um, I think so far so good for him. Yeah. Uh, I- what did you think? Honestly, like when they brought Romanov in, I didn't think much of the signing. I was kind of like, I guess, like, is this a guy yeah, yeah. that's, you know, I'm like. We learned uh, our lesson from Melnichuk. Right. And, I, and, I just, and Armalis. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't think anything of the signing. Um, It didn't really excite me at all. I thought this was the, I thought he was going to be the, this year's Strauss man on the Wichita shuttle. Um. <laughs> And maybe that's where he ends up, or maybe that's where Magnus Crone ends up. I don't know. Like, obviously, so far, again, one game each, so I don't want to lay waste to either of these guys. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Romanov because I didn't, I didn't think much of him in the rookie games either. Like, I thought he's fine, but like rookie games, it, again, like rookie yeah. games are fun, but that's that's what they are. They're fun, right? Like, I don't think yeah. when it comes to goaltending, especially, you can't really. There's not much you can get from the rookie hey, look, games. Look how good a lot of the Barracuda players from last season played during the rookie face-off there at Texas U Arena. Mm-hmm. And the Barracuda finished 28th overall in the yeah. AHL. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think I I think goaltending, like, you, there's not really much you can glean from the, the, the rookie face-off game. So I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, You know, again, this is a guy who I didn't have high expectations for. I thought that... You know, it's going to be Mac and Yemi Krona and then, you know, Romanov getting starts here and there and then probably on the Wichita shuttle. And then obviously they also have Beckworm, I believe, is down in Wichita as well, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. Um, so, I, I, you know, I thought having four goalies was certainly a choice. <laughs> um, but, but, but I mean, with Mac and Yemi's history, injury history, though, I mean, all yeah. it takes is one more goalie to go down and suddenly Beck Warm is playing 15 games this season, you know? Right. So, yeah. No, I, that's true. Yeah. And plus, um, you don't know what the Sharks are going to do. Like, this is the last year of Capo Kakinen's, um contract. No, I don't think you're going to have a ton of takers for Capo Kakinen at the deadline. But stranger things have happened. And then someone has to go up and back up Blackwood. Right. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I kind of understood it, but I thought, you know, it was like surprising. I was surprised that Aaron Dell wasn't in the mix this year. Like, I really thought he was going to be here. Like, I'm just like, no, Aaron Dell will be here. I had Aaron Dell penciled in in my Barracuda depth chart up until the uh, the tryout he got with the Blue Jackets. Because I was so like, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be uh, back. I know we have I like know. four goalies, but Aaron Dell will find his way back somehow. <laughs> No, uh, but one thing, again, talked earlier in this show about having opportunities. Mm-hmm. Guy like Georgi Romanov comes in, definitely wins that game, does, does very well. So when A2 Makiniemi does eventually come back from his injury, which I feel like is kind of close, I, I would guess he'd be back in the next couple of weeks because I know he... He is practicing with the team, mm-hmm. so he, I don't feel like he'd be that far off if he is practicing. I but, think they're just trying but, to be super careful, just based on everything he's gone through, and as, I and I commend yeah. them for that. Like I would rather them be super careful than, you know, than risk, um, than bring him back when he's not. Especially again, like you have two guys that I think are 
guys that should be capable at the HL level. We'll see how they hold out over multiple games, obviously. But I, I feel like you've brought in guys that can carry the load. Like, there's no reason to rush McAniemy back into the picture. Yeah, absolutely. And so now you get this situation where, hey, if Romanov can win a few more games down, down um, the stretch here in October... Maybe he is the guy to back up McAniemi, and then Cronus the, the, becomes the third goalie. I don't really know how this situation is going to play out. I completely agreed with you. I thought Krona would back up McAniemi, and then Romanov would get a spot start here and there. But yeah. um, I feel like of the two games, you know, it'll be another back-to-back here against Henderson on Friday and Saturday. But so you'll probably see each goalie start one. But I would start Romanov on Friday and see see how it goes. Um, yeah. Also, everyone in the chat, like I, you guys have sent in some questions, and I do yeah, want to get, get them. them. Um, but I also, uh, Race Fan Rocks had a couple of questions. I think we may save those for our next show. Um, but I definitely want to get to those. One was about Justin Bailey, who mm-hmm. again, I want, I want to, I want to chat with Nick about Justin Bailey. Good signing, though. Nice goal like that it. he scored yep. there. Um, he really looked good in the first two games. Um, and then talking about, you know, I don't know if you want to touch up on our, our divisional thoughts so far. I think being so early in the season, I think we can wait a couple more weeks yeah, to get to I, that. I don't know what to, like, again, like, it's, it's the HL's a tricky thing, right? Because, like, obviously when we come, like, when, when I start the season, like, I do definitely try and keep track of the Barracuda, but I don't always, like... I pay attention to the Barracuda, but I don't really pay attention to what else is going on in the division. I kind of just get my gleam for the division as we play a, a thousand games against them. Um, yeah. I don't prepare for the HL season as much as I do for the NHL season, which isn't a lot to begin with. But right. like, obviously, I think when you having to do after dark and stuff like there's only so many hours in the day, like I, I don't want to like you know i don't want to treat like the hl like it's bad i don't think it's bad obviously like the barracuda is something that i'm incredibly passionate about but i just like from the league level there's just there's so much the pacific division is is huge for starters yeah <laughs> like 10 it's a teams 10, again 10 team division it's it's a lot and it's you know it's a lot to keep track of as far as like who's who's still down and who's still up especially because like these teams a lot of them change wholesale like we've seen like you know we said earlier the barracuda almost a completely different team than the one that they iced last year right and i don't know what to make of the the team that i cover let alone i you know let alone tell you how the calgary wranglers are gonna fare this year (laughs) it's funny i was gonna bring up the calgary wranglers here for a second but we you know uh someone told me he thinks that calgary's gonna finish dead last in the in the league this year but i'm thinking Really? Because I know they lost a few players, but they also ha- added some of their good prospects. And Dustin Wolf, Dustin is, Wolf still is still with there. the Wranglers. Yeah, f- figure which, that out. Yeah, I don't know either, but uh, we'll let the dust settle on the division. Uh, yeah, we won't let it settle too much, though, because we do want to give you predictions and we can't we don't want to go 30 games in the season and go, oh, <laughs> Well, Ontario's uh, clearly going to be the first place team uh, with their their you know twenty eight and two record. You know, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's something but that we, we definitely will look at. It's just we'll again, it's it. just it's too soon, especially like with just the start of the season's hard. <laughs> there's just there's so much. There's just so much to do. Um, to start the year, um, I, a name that Jules, was AHL, the Wranglers, not the Flames. Yeah, um, the Flames have their own problems. The Flames do have their own problems. <laughs> uh, a, a, a name that did come up in the chat though, we haven't touched on yet. Uh, Ethan Cardwell. What was your thoughts there? Um, Ethan Cardwell's a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a fun player, and uh, uh, I loved his sully that he had on his on his goal there on Saturday. Like. I expected no less out of a, a big, boisterous personality like Ethan Cardwell, but he plays well. I mean, he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's got a, he's got that dog in him, as they say. Uh, he he's not the most physical, but he he is no problem just digging in and grinding it out. And so, those are the types of of role players who you know may play third, fourth line minutes in the AHL, but then 
they get the call up. I think of like a like a Kevin Rooney guy. Mm-hmm. Kevin Rooney, never a top six guy in the AHL, but built himself a several year NHL career out of it. Also playing third, fourth line minutes there. And and uh, Ethan Cardwell, uh, he's the guy that I slept on. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I've, this is a player that I've slept on. I know like everyone's like, oh, Ethan Cardwell is joining the team this year. It's gonna be great. And I'm like, is it though? I. I don't think the offense is going to come through. I mean, I I think it's going to be more than Adam Raska, mm-hmm. but I, I I don't see Ethan Cardwell being a 25-goal scorer for the team. But, I, I mean, I think he's going to be contributing there uh, throughout the season. You know, 12 to 15 goals is not out of, you know, out of expectation, I don't think. Yeah, um, I've liked, I do I've like really that liked him so far. Like it's again two games, but I've liked what I've seen with him so far. I awesome. think it's a player that I've probably slept on a little bit because I'm just like he's also not crazy. he's also not afraid to shoot Ian. He's already no. got ten shots in I two know. games. <laughs> I and no. and you know what? And here's the thing, right? Like because usually when a guy shoots a lot when he comes to the HL, especially after playing junior, like. His slot selection isn't actually that bad. Like I've yeah. actually liked his his shot selection is actually pretty good for a guy just coming out of junior because I think a lot of guys come out of junior and they shoot the puck because they, they're just so used to just rolling the puck through goalies. Yeah, at the junior level, and I think they get to the pro level and then they realize like obviously completely different players, but like Timo Meyer was a guy who just had to learn that it's you're in the pro game you can't blow the puck through goalies. Um, and yeah. I, so I think for, for Cardwell to his credit, I, I've liked his shot selection so far. I think you, you're right. Like he takes a lot of shots, but he takes a lot of good shots. Yeah. He, he, he makes a, a lot of good decisions out there. Even, mm-hmm. even in the, I haven't watched much of his junior career to to comment on that, but I have seen him at many development camps, uh, and, and in development games and such at this point in training camp. So I, I do feel like I have a decent knowledge of him a guy who i think he can really benefit from who was added who i think i forgot to mention earlier Mm -hmm. is leading goal scorer through two games ryan carpenter ryan carpenter is a guy who was late blooming prospect uh kind of middle six aspirations but turned into a top ahler and a a bottom line checking nhl uh, center there mm-hmm. and um, really agitated um, against what, uh, what am I trying to say when the Sharks let him go and he joined Vegas boy yeah. did he join Vegas he was such a pest to play against in those playoffs that first year yeah um, I, I love Ryan Carpenter man like I that that was a signing that I was pretty happy about when I went I'm like oh yeah you know because I mean I was really bummed this summer man because like guys like Chris Scola we mentioned earlier guys like Chris Scola and Agazino like all out the door and I'm like man this sucks and then Ryan Carpenter yeah. I'm like okay yeah I can I you know Ryan Carpenter is a guy that I love I'm surprised are you surprised that it is a committee of of alternates because I, I thought I had him thought. penciled in as captain I did too like I got someone in our discord chat by the way join the discord channel I don't yes. know if we have the link available to you but Hit join the discord chat jerk on the Twitter. we do have a barracuda well actually now it's a prospects Slash and barracuda. barracuda chat but uh we do talk about uh players and things and take your questions in there as well um but someone did propose you know who's going to be the captain with obviously magna gone agazino gone it's like oh, pff, ryan carpenter ryan like that's like that's a that's a layup. Yeah, but I guess it wasn't. <laughs> Apparently not. Are you surprised they went with the old alternate? Um... Well, you know, I think Ryan Carpenter for one is a player who you could. See, you're talking about you know Jacob Peterson getting called up. Sure. Oscar Lindblom might have a rough time getting called up. Yeah, in the right spot, Ryan Carpenter gets called up too, and then the mm-hmm. Barracuda are without a captain again. So I think part of that had to come into play here. I, I I think Ryan Carpenter's here to stay with the Barracuda, but there is still that possibility he could get a call up here and there. Um, so I think just establishing that leadership core, um, we obviously don't know what goes on inside the dressing room. So last right. season, for example, we're you know we're talking about how undisciplined the team was, but we we from our perspective thought the leadership group was pretty good. Maybe it wasn't. 
Maybe maybe that's when they said, oh, we named a captain too early. I don't know. Um, I thought. I mean, I, I think the leadership captain. group was a part of the discipline problem too, though. You know, yeah. I think Jeff Vial is a guy who they look to, like, wore a letter, right? Um, yeah. A guy who's worn a letter pretty much anywhere he's ever been. He was a captain in juniors, so yep. a Memorial Cup winning captain, yep. too. Um, you know, but, like, he was a guy who, you know, who put up, like, he obviously put up goals, right? But his, him, <laughs> he also, he, like, he, he helped the team and hurt the team so many times, like, and it was just trying to, again, find that balance where, and I love Jeff Yell, but, like, there's no arguing that like he hurt the team more than he helped it. And he put up a ton of goals last year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, side comment, sidebar. Mm-hmm. Ian, did you see that fight between Jeff VL and Alex Gallant? Yep. Folks, Insane. if you, if you are not following us on Twitter, first off, shame on you. If shame you're not following you. the A, the AHL on Twitter, then really shame on you. Oh my goodness. If you want to see a hockey fight, like <laughs> old school hockey fight, Jeff VL versus Alex Gallant is your fight to watch. Go oh, former Barracuda. You know, we're probably going to be wrapping up here in a few minutes. Yeah. First thing you do after this show, after. get a drink of water. Second thing you do after this show, go watch, watch that, that fight. fight. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, yeah. What a, what a scrap. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I am surprised. Ian, you surprised about the, the, the six ca- six alternate captains? We What do we got? R- road alternate and, and away? Is there road alternate yeah. and home? Is that how this is working? Like, I, I, to me, I, it just, I think it just bugs me. Like, I think it's just a gimmick that gets used too often. I think it's kind of lost. I, I think, like, it's just, I, I feel like it just happens too often now, right? And these are all basically new faces as well. So I I don't love it. Like, I, I wish they just would have named a captain, especially because the leadership group is apparently, like, all new faces anyway. Yeah. Name a captain. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gu- I'm guessing at this point it's a whoever takes the reins kind of thing. But I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Car- Carpenter, Castles, or Bailey. Yeah, uh, one of those three. Yeah, I just I think they just if you're if it's if your leadership group is going to be all new guys anyway, and it does that's kind of a it, that's kind of to me that's also kind of an indictment of the guys that are still here. That all these new guys came in and all these new guys are wearing letters, and none of the guys were here last year are wearing letters. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You know who's still here? We're still here. And we're we'll still be here. here throughout the season. <laughs> we promise. And uh, hopefully we'll have Nick on. We do have, you know, I actually got a couple of guests, I think, lined up. One pretty sure is going to happen. The other one, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think we're going to have a little bit more variety of our guests this season. So that'll be fun. We definitely mm-hmm. would love for you to, to check out as many of our shows as possible. Um, we, you know, we, we don't, we kind of plan these a few days in advance or a week in advance so you know we'll let you know as soon as we figure out our timing but yeah. thank you all for for joining thank you again for the oh gosh ricky barton slager yeah, thank you very much we didn't even talk about henry thrun getting assigned to the barracuda today we should probably we should probably do that before we we, wrap we should up. yeah thanks uh, ricky i mean yeah so I'm, yeah and it, it was something that i i had on my list here but you know we had it on the notes we, we had just, it on the notes but then i just stopped the looking show. at the notes and we just started shooting the shit um yeah i i mean henry thren coming down i'm excited because i need one of these teams to be fun like i <laughs> desperately need one of these teams to be fun and i don't think the fun one's gonna be the sharks although the sharks like they've they've shown shines of ability to be a little bit fun um yeah. i really need the barracuda to be fun this year um so henry thren coming down i like it um from a from a strictly selfish i'm watching barracuda games perspective i like it i think he's a guy who i think they're worried about his confidence and i i I just i think it's a confidence thing plus they've got guys healthy coming back into the lineup that would have to go on waivers to come down to the barracuda henry thren doesn't have to clear waivers and sometimes it's just that simple 
he can go. They don't have to worry about losing anybody that, you know, I think the Sharks value some of their their 17 seventh defenseman a little too much. But um, from, from a look at go ahead. Look at Nikolai Kanijov. Like he got sent back to the AHL mm-hmm. last season. And, oh, why? You know, look, he's back in the NHL. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, Henry Thrun. Yeah, I uh, I think very highly of Henry Thrun. Like I thought he was a decent um, a decent prospect with the Ducks, and then obviously putting my teal tinted glasses on, I went, <laughs> hmm. Actually, you know, I like this player a little bit more now. But I, I do think uh, he's an NHL defenseman. Um, I do too. I, thought... I think he's like he his game hasn't been perfect, right? And I think the one thing no. I think that's frustrating about a team in a rebuild is like how quickly people will turn on some of the young guys when some of the veterans aren't giving you anything better. Yeah. Right. Like, has Henry Thrun's game been perfect? No, he's learning. He's learning on the job. It's it's playing defense in the NHL is hard. Yeah. Like, it's harder to be a defenseman in the NHL at a, at a young age than it is to be a forward. Probably being a goalie is probably worse. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yes, has his game been perfect? No. Is there stuff that, you know, I'd like him to do better? Sure. But I don't – I still think that the skill set there is, is NHL. And for anyone who thinks, well, he played, like, eight or nine games at the end of the last NHL season and played very well, like – how can how can he be sent down now? Mm-hmm. There is a difference in the time of the year. Jules made a great comment. Actually, I'll get back to Jules' comment. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, that last eight or nine games of the season, you've got teams and players who are just out there skating automatically. They're like, whatever, mm-hmm. we're ready for playoffs or we're ready for the off season. And so Henry Thrun can thrive in a situation like that. It's the start of a new season everybody's going balls to the wall right now. Yeah. So if Henry Thrun can't hang yet, mm-hmm. send him back to the AHL, let him get his his feet under him, I guess literally, and uh, get get some get a little bit more grounded and uh, at a little bit of a, a of a easier pace and I think he'll be I think he'll be just fine and Jewel said it in the chat. Mm-hmm. Let him blow up the AHL with Shakir Muhammadullah. Oh, I like, know. Like I yeah, salivating I mean, she, at that she, pairing in the AHL. I am too. Like, I, I guess Thrun would probably have to play the right side defense, but hey, better than right side Nick Chichek. Yeah, I said it. So, uh, yeah. Um, by the way, Nick Chichek, nicest freaking guy. I swear I, to God. Like, I, I'm sure. I, nicest guy. I, I was with, with two little kids uh, at an autograph session afterwards. You know, hi, my name's Nick. What's your name? I'm like, wow. All right, you you get a you get a letter just for being the nicest freaking guy on the team, but do I like him on the right side defense? Let's get him back to the left. We'll put Thrun there. All yeah. will be right with the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I again, I'm salivating at the at the Bukumadul and Thrun pairing because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, I just want I just want one team to be fun, and I'd prefer it to be the Barracuda because the Sharks. I mean, if the sharks are fun, bad, it's okay. But we we know what the we know what the sharks' goal this season is, right? We know we know where things are going. So it's the barracuda that need to be fun because again, like, and I think the one thing, like, obviously, like, there's still like very key parts of the sharks rebuild that aren't on the barracuda at this point. Um, you know, Beestead's playing over in Sweden. Havlid can't come over because of the SHL agreement. Like he he can't play in the AHL. Um, you know, and obviously Will Smith is is still playing college games. So uh, I think that the but if you it's it's hard for the Sharks to sell the future if the Barracuda are bad also. <laughs> like, I think it, the, the Barracuda need to be better this year. So, like, yeah. I, I don't you know, again, like I think do I think Henry Thrun is probably better served in the NHL? Yes. But am I going to be angry that he's in the NHL? No, because I watched the Barracuda games and I need one of these teams to be fun. <laughs> Exactly. Plus, hey, uh, San Jose's got an all-star classic coming right here at the start of 2024. So let's make this team fun and enjoyable for fun- fans to come out and and watch on those random Tuesday and well, right. not Tuesday, Wednesday nights, for example. So, uh, 
You know, you bring Henry Thrun. Heck, bring back William Eklund and Thomas Ford. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying not to get lynched here. Yeah, uh, uh, but... I, I think I, I, Eklund would have to, something would have to go terribly wrong, I think, for Eklund. To Some, yeah, honestly, His no season would have William to go Eklund so off the rails, I think, for him to get sent down at this yeah, point. No. Yeah, no, I we, we definitely do not want William Eklund back with the Barracuda this season. No. <laughs> That's for sure. I'll take but... Thomas Portolo, though. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with, you know, hopefully uh, Tristan Robbins comes back soon, healthy. Uh, Nikita Ohotiuk, I know I saw that name in the chat earlier. Yeah. That guy can, ne- him and Eitu Makiniyami can never stay healthy. It's 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 sad to say, but Ohotiuk plays such a physical game that uh, I'm not surprised the guy's always banged up. But Artem Guryev, another uh, defenseman. Mm-hmm. I know Ian... Ian and I are on eh, Artem Guryev, but um, he is I a right concerns. side defenseman. So, what's up? I have concerns with Guryev. Sure, but right. I mean, when you got when you got a Hochuk out, for example, mm-hmm. um, you, you a guy like Guryev is nice to have going out and being being very physical. Like, yeah, see, the, he's he's a nasty um, Guryev's a nasty M effort and not in a good way like that's that's my concern with him is like i think you know if you're looking at the wanting the barracuda to play a more disciplined game um i don't know, i think guri has a nasty like guri has a guy who i think will grow on me but if he was on any other team i would hate him <laughs> like i just i feel like he he will probably grow on me as as the barracuda he, he, progresses but like he i think he's a nasty player in all the wrong ways it's the scott Saverin effect yeah. where it's like well scott Saverin's here so he you know most likely he won't be uh concussing our players so that's positive guriev's the same type of player but... yeah he's he's a nasty piece of work uh not not the cleanest player um yeah i just I, again like i just anytime i i saw him uh in junior hockey like he just he rubbed me the wrong way. Um, just not a not a not a nice player. Uh, and like yeah. I said, I think Veracruz fans will probably like him a lot because again, it's not your team that he is killing. Um, and <laughs> I think that you know, as time goes on, like I said, he will. He's a player that will probably grow on me. But um, from watching him in junior, I just I don't have a great taste in my mouth from watching him play. <laughs> All right, Ian. I, I we were not trying to go through every player on no. the roster, but we somehow we managed somehow to managed. do it. Except for I, there is actually one name I'm looking here: Valtteri Pooley, six foot six. So um, I don't have much to say so far about Valtteri Pooley, other than I think he got a rough ride by the referee on a on a phantom high stick. But plus one, uh, plus three in an assist or two games. Yeah, I mean, I for a mobile been, six, I think 16. he's been fine. Um, yeah. I, I again, I think there's there's some players where I think I need to see a bigger body of work before I really, um, you know, like I was probably a little hard on Brandon Coe. I think, um, sure, AHL Luke Cunning's probably a little harsh, but we'll see. Sure. I, I, and you know, uh, Leon Leon Gavanka. That's the only. So now we have officially named officially, every player on the roster. Yeah. Again, and again, I think fine. Again, I think there's that's a player that I I want to see more of. Um. But yeah, like yeah. uh, um, offensive offensive player offensive defenseman of the year in the AHL last year, yeah. and he signed a big four year contract in Germany, and then uh you know, went back on that contract to come here. So I was curious to see if he would accept an assignment to the Barracuda, but mm-hmm. lo and behold, he is here with the team. I think he sees that he still has a shot at, at making the NHL team this at some team point. Has so many defensemen. Um, there are so many defensemen, but Hey, you know, if you need a, a power, power, pour, power play quarterback for the Bar- uh, for the sharks, mm-hmm. then Gavanka is one of the first names. I think that, they look into calling up. So looking at someone you could pair Henry Thrun with, that's the guy who jumps out to me. Uh, if, if you want to keep Thrun on that left side, you put yeah. him with Kavanka and I think that would be a pretty steady pair. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Like again, as, as guys get healthy, as guys start coming back into the lineup, it's going to be interesting to see how, um, you know, who kind of ends up where. Um, but I think like so far, I mean, two games again, one win, one loss. Um, but I've liked 
you know, I've, I've liked what I've seen so far. Like, I, I think, like, again, this Barracuda team has the potential to be a lot of fun for a team that I don't know what super to make of. I don't know how they're going to match up against some of the other teams in the Pacific um, that I think are going to be, you know, a little... I think there's teams that are definitely going to get them fits in the Pacific that are definitely better teams because I think teams are in different, you know, stages of their... Um, of their growth of their rebuilds um you know and, and like again like a team like and you never know how a team like the like coachella last year it wasn't because oh, yeah. they had a bunch of you know they just loaded up on a lot of really good veteran players and you know definitely some prospects uh some kraken prospects in the mix there but you know I, a team that just kind of loaded up on veteran players that really carried them through yeah well folks we made it an hour. Unfortunately, did? Nick didn't make it with us tonight, but we'll be sure to have him on again. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, I, I, I do apologize. Obviously, like when we try to advertise something, we try to follow through on it. Um, I, I'll take the blame here. Uh, you know what? I we I touched base with Nick, and I should have touched base with him again closer to the closer to go time, and I didn't. That's on me. Uh, so definitely, it's something that we will definitely reschedule. Something that we will do, um, and then we will go from there. But you make sure you don't have a scheduling conflict <laughs> by setting the bell and subscribing and setting those alerts and all that jazz. Throw up the graphic. Let's take it home. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, if you missed the show, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. Subscribe, hit the bell, all that wonderful, fun stuff. Um, and again, uh, we will be back with you probably sooner than later again, hopefully with uh, Nick Nolenberger. Keep track of everything else. Other than that, you know what? After Dark, Puck Knowledge, just all the other normal stuff that we do. Um, and again, we definitely appreciate you guys being here with us. And we will see you next time. Are we, go- are my- are we still on?